Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is not our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce. He's away. I'll say hello, James. Hi, James. He's not answering back. He's on However, international break. He is, isn't he? Yes. So he's had several breaks already this year. Um, with me, though, as you can tell from his tone, that is Andrew Kelly, our LFC editor. Hi, Andy. Hi, Ian. And also Neil Jones, Echo journalist and man who was at West Ham. Hello. <laughs> Now, we'll start with you then, Neil. As, as everybody now knows, you were at West Ham. Uh, what did you make of the game overall? Because, you know, it was, from watching it, me and Andy were watching it in the office here, and um, for the first 20, 20 minutes, Liverpool didn't look particularly great, but then once they scored the goal, it was like no doubt, really. Yeah, yeah, quite. They, um, they, they, they looked like they were taking a bit of time to figure out the game. I think you, you sort of... It reminded me a little bit of, of a, you know, like a boxer who... Who isn't sure what power the other boxer's got, and he sort of he doesn't throw too much in the first couple of rounds, and then he sort of he feels he feels what the other guy's got, and thinks, "All right, okay, I'm going to win this, no problem." And gifted gifted the goal after what 21 minutes on the counter, great getting the second one so so soon after as well, and I, I did hope that it would be a, a real route. It actually, at one stage, it threatened like it could get a little bit messy for Liverpool, sort of a 15-minute spell after half-time, where West Ham got back into it. But what Liverpool did very well and very crucially was they snuffed out that West Ham revival within a minute of of it appearing. And by the end, it was 4-1. It could have been 6-7-8 if, if, if Liverpool had really been... Really clinical on the counter attack late on. They could have they could have made it even more embarrassing for West Ham, who should be embarrassed at, at, at the whole the whole situation that they they produced this season and and on Saturday in particular because it was a it was horrible. Even even sort of allowing for the fact that we have a Liverpool leaning and we're we're there to report on Liverpool, it was just horrible. Everything about it, the atmosphere was terrible. The atmosphere at the ground was like I said to James Pearce before the game. It was like, do you know when they have the break between sets at Wimbledon, and the sort of crowd have a little chat beforehand, mm. and then the players are sort of, and then the red, the, the fella goes time, the umpire goes time, and they all that, that's what the atmosphere was like before like a, the game. Like a hum, just like a, yeah, like a, like yeah, it was just like oh, it was horrible. Mark Noble getting stick, you know, like their one club man getting getting abuse during the game and abuse when he was taken off. Just, just not a happy time for that club and. You know, whatever you think of West Ham and, and their their players, their management, I, I I felt I felt for their fans to be honest because it was uh, it was grim. Now, Andy, you were getting a little bit agitated when West Ham got it back to two one, but that's probably more thinking of Liverpool the way that they've been several times this season and in, in the past. But in the context of the game, it didn't really make much difference, did it? Well, it didn't. I mean, I didn't have much time to get agitated when it went 2-1. <laughs> I think it was 4 was it? 57-7. The West Ham board still had goal. Goal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was, the great the thing bubble. was all the bubbles yeah. around Alex Oxford-Chamberlain, <laughs> which had been spewed out for their goal. But Based very quickly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But the... No, I, to be honest, I wasn't... That wasn't the stage I was getting agitated. When I was getting agitated, was it 2-0? And I think I put out a tweet at half-time that got quite a few people agreeing with, quite a few people disagreeing with, but, um, you know, what I, what I said was, and what I was feeling was that at 2-0, 2-0 here with West Ham being abysmal, I still wasn't certain that Liverpool would go on and win that game. Uh, and whether, I didn't know whether they'd somehow throw it away or go on and win six or seven, because that that's what this team can do. And um, there was that little period Leading up to the uh, t- to the goal, um, I mean, Joe Gomez is poor for their goal, isn't he? Um, but if 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 they get that goal and then there's a period where it's two one, that's the period when I think Liverpool need to improve. That's the bit where you need a team that can then take control of the game, take some heat out of the game, um, basically keep West Ham as Far away from their goal as possible. They'd obviously uh, they obviously brought on Carroll. There was another big chance at three one, wasn't there? When um, was it was it Lanzini again? Or they put it over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it over. one where Mignolet had to make a fifty fifty in his own penalty area with Lanzini or Hernandez. That was Lanzini. That was yeah. yeah. When he came out and sort of did the sort of slidey tackle yeah. thing, yeah. And so at so at those stages of the game, I wasn't comfortable that it was that it was dead and. I'd contrast that, and it, it's not a good day 
for a contrast, but let let's say for all their problems, United were two 0 up at West Ham. You would say that's game over. You know they're not coming back from that simply because United are robust and def- if you like defensively strong enough, whereby you know they're not getting three. Liverpool are a different team. Now you might say you might argue that Liverpool are probably more likely to go two 0 up on West Ham maybe than Man United because they've got probably better in attacking areas overall. Um, but I think when we know Liverpool are a team who can challenge for the league title will be when you go 2-0 up at West Ham and you're viewing that as game over. Now, Jonesy was out, I could tell from the stuff we were getting back from, you know, he was pretty confident that it was more likely to be 6 or 7 than a, than a Bournemouth 4-3 or something. But... I'm not there yet. I don't think. I don't think. <laughs> you're never going to be there. You know what I don't think a lot. I don't think a lot of Liverpool fans are in terms of the feedback I got. A lot of people felt were feeling well, the, the same. Well, the other way of looking at it is though is that they had that. They went to two one. They did see it out because they won four yeah, one. Yeah. They scored yeah. the goal. They responded straight away. They knew that West Ham would be up for this. They thought, right, we need to get this. And they just they poured forward. They didn't sit back and go, oh, let's wait for this. They kept on pouring forward, which is why they got the third. Then after that. You know, they were always likely to get more. As Neil says, Neil said before, you know, Milner could have had a could have yeah. had a hat trick. And a tremendous amount of credit has to go to Firmino for that oh, unbelievable turn. But doing it at a time when the opposition have just scored, so your brain's entitled to be slightly frazzled, thinking, okay, what are we going to do now? The manager is probably shouting on a load of instructions from the sideline. You'd imagine, and all Firmino's just gone out. You know, he's just made his own arrangements, hasn't he? Just done, you know, brilliant bit of skill and. Fair play to Oxley Chamberlain. That that's one of the reasons why they paid, you know, a premium for someone who's not a renowned. I mean, his goal scoring records, yeah, pretty poor, isn't it, Jonesy? I don't think he's ever scored more than five in a, in a Premier League season yeah. in, a, in a league campaign. Well, don't forget, this is something. Just going back to that, two, you know, two one making it three one almost straight away. City did exactly the same thing yeah. yesterday against Arsenal. Okay, the goal might have been offside, but it was still exactly the same thing. Where Arsenal were getting up a slight head of steam and City went, not having this. Just scored the goal. That's what good teams do. That's what United used to do all the time when they were winning all those trophies in the 90s and the, the, the 2000s. It's always cliche, isn't it? You're never, never at your most vulnerable than when you've just scored because you're sort of, you, your mind's changing, isn't it? Your plans are changing. You're thinking, right, OK, now, there we go. Right, I'm sure there will have been someone, probably Mark Noble or Joe Hart, would have been shouting on saying, right, five minutes, you know, now, now we, 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 we go again and all that. Look, like Andy said, I think he summed it up perfectly. Firmino made his own arrangements, and I thought I thought he was absolutely brilliant on Saturday. Firmino, mm. I got a bit of stick for giving him an eighth. A few people don't seem to be having Firmino. They were, they were sort of saying, he, "Oh, he didn't score. He missed that chance when he went through." I just thought centre forward performance, okay, lacking a goal, but all round performance. I thought he was absolutely superb, and I, I'm, I'm pleased to say that uh, the manager agreed. With me. Yeah, well, Stephen Stephen Gerrard was on BT and I think described it as. Um, everything, then, everything you would want in a centre forward, and then was said some very, uh, not, yes. not not very um, complimentary things about um, Hernandez, Hernandez yeah. or Chicharito or whatever yeah. you want he's, to call. He's him. called Javier Hernandez. Let's just <laughs> yeah, deal yeah, with that. Not a little p. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, that's it. I mean, Hernandez is one of them players, isn't he? That always he'll always get goals because he's he stands in the penalty area and and gets tap ins. You know, he scored on a few United, didn't he, off the bench, and he was. And people will always rate him, but he is the the definition of the the striker that doesn't do anything except for score goals. That that is, you know, he he can't play football as a centre forward if he, unless he's in the penalty area. And I, I think that's what I'm talking about. I was amazed Carroll didn't start for, for West Ham. I saw the team sheet, and you know, you're looking at the Liverpool one, and there was some surprises in there with Mane and and uh, Mignolet as captain. Um, and I, 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 you looked, and then it was only about five, ten minutes later. I just said to James, "Carroll's not playing." I was like, "What's he doing? What is Slaven Villas doing?" That was the only chance West Ham had of winning that game was just getting Liverpool in and around the box, and with someone like Hernandez. And to be fair, the other two next to him, Ayu and um, Lanzini, who I thought Lanzini was good on the ball, but disgraceful in his, his application in the game. And yeah, I'm going on record with that. He, him, Koyate, Obiang. Um, Arnautovic when he come on and Ayu were disgraceful and they they 
confirmed Slaven Village getting the sack. They didn't try a leg for West Ham, in my opinion, on, on Saturday. But And Carroll probably did enough Carroll, when he Carroll came Wood, on to suggest... Carroll Wood and did. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're thinking... If you, if you, and I've mentioned before, one of the great things that you can weigh look at game is doing what your opposition would want least. Yeah. And every Liverpool fan, I think Jonesy actually wrote a preview and mentioned Andy Carroll. Yeah, that's not why I'm bitter. <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> no, I'm not suggesting that. Made me look very stupid. No, but, um, <laughs> See, but, 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 but because if he's fit, he's the obvious one who can cause Liverpool problems. Um, I think there, I mean, the other fellow who gets headed goals for them, Antonio, Antonio was, was oh, injured as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Carol is is the man you'd put you put up and um, okay, Billich is trying to you know install his own way of playing and that you know maybe he he thought you know that isn't how I want to go but he surely must have known his job was on the line if you've got one game to win it I think and you know that Liverpool are coming to town then Andy Carroll's very definitely yeah. if. Probably the first name on my West Ham team sheet. Well, I can't think of anyone else I'd have put on there first. Well, put it this way, I, I, I'm, not, I'm digging out Hernandez again. But Hernandez played for United at Wembley against Barcelona. You were there, Doyle, in yes, 2009. Hernandez started up front. I remember um, a couple of mates of mine when we were going to watch the game, he said, oh, I'm having, I'm having Hernandez to Nick, Nick one first goal. I said, don't. I said, don't. I said, because there's no, he, he's a waste of a shirt on that game because they're not going to have the ball, United. So you don't want Hernandez. What you want is... I don't know who the other defender might be Berbatov. You want someone like that who you can you can ping the ball up to and it'll stick. Fellaini, if, if United had Fellaini, he'd have been a better option than Hernandez in that D- game. Doesn't say a lot for Hernandez if Berbatov's being compared yeah. to him as being yeah. <laughs> more of a workaholic. You want someone who the ball will stick with and you, you can you can look at. And that was the same for West Ham on Saturday. It was like there's no point playing Hernandez without playing Carroll because the ball wasn't going to go into Liverpool's mm. box often enough because Liverpool didn't have to mm. worry about it and. Uh, you know that 15 minute spell it's no coincidence that that 15 minute spell coincided with Carroll's introduction and, and Liverpool looking decidedly ropey against crosses into the box now one player who doesn't play centre forward but may as well be given the amount of goals that he's scoring is, is, is Mo Salah I mean he got another two uh, that's 12 in 17 now I think that's yeah, right isn't that's it right. yeah now you mentioned this in the office I think it was you anyway you were saying that there are Liverpool fans who were saying oh he's not you know, he's very wasteful in front of the goal. Yeah. Like, Hang on, he scored 12 in oh, well, 17. Do you feel as though his impact is being, you know, we're always guilty, well, we're often guilty of overplaying people, you know, overstating certain people's attributes and saying they've made a brilliant impact. Look at this, they're the best players since X, Y and Z. But no one's really saying that about Salah, but you look yeah. at the, he's coming as the club record signing. He hasn't really shown any signs of any pressure, okay, apart from when he's taken a penalty. But, <laughs> You know he's missed a few chances, but he's always there. Yeah. Even in the the opening game against Watford, I was I was at that game. In the first twenty minutes, he looked a bit iffy, but then you know gets a goal, gets an assist, and well, then he's up and running. What I liked, what I liked about his first goal, well, his, yeah, his first goal, the first goal was a he set it up. Set, you know, he obviously he finished it off, but he set it up with a lovely little turn around the corner for Mane, and it was a, he, he lured in. I think it was Obiang the midfielder who, who really should have been thinking alarm bells I'm just going to turn and run towards my own goal and then assess it from there but he, he sort of bit didn't he and, and got beaten by the by the pass around the corner but it's when he got in one on one I think we spoke in a podcast earlier in the season saying he needs to he needs to vary up his finishing because he, he opens out and goes to that bottom corner and Joe Hart was definitely expecting him to go open out far corner and he, he went near post just there's the gap I'll put it in there and I like I like that she obviously he's, he's learning He's learning, you know, to vary up his uh, his playbook, if if you like. And second goal, you know, we haven't we haven't really seen that from him, have we? We haven't seen him sort of pure strike of the ball like that. He's he's more of a penalty box sort of. You know, he, he gets he gets into good positions for tap-ins, doesn't he, and things like that. And that was just that just oozed confidence in it. it. Was like I'm going to take a touch, and there it goes, absolutely rifled in. But I just thought he was brilliant again. I thought you know he he's just when you've got him and Mane. And you had Oxley Chamberlain as well to that because he was the third, the third one busting the gut to get up for that that chance, wasn't it? At the end, that's like that's sheer pace, isn't it? And that's like any defender worth of salt is going to be thinking, God, don't give don't give them a chance to run at me here. And he's just there. He's exploded into the into into Liverpool. I, I think he's a, I think he's a, a marvelous signing, and I'm excited to see how many he ends up with because. 
I think we could be re- rewriting the definition of the uh, the thirty goal of season striker. Now, Andy, he's scored twelve already this season. As yeah. you mentioned, since Luis Suarez left, the top scorer for Liverpool in any season has been, I think, fourteen last season from Coutinho. So yeah. only has, you know another two, and then he then he's there. Yeah, what, what, does that, what does that tell us? I mean, do you feel as though he's not getting the credit? He deserves. I mean, obviously, you know, Jamie Carragher came out this week and said he thinks that he's probably been the best signing of the summer from anybody. Yeah, well, Steve, Stephen Gerrard on, on BT on Saturday said he was Liverpool's player of the season by a mile, mm. and uh, it's it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's hard to it's hard to argue. I mean, a couple of the others have been disrupted by injury, haven't they? Um, but he absolutely has been. And the thing I like about him is he scored loads of different types of goals. I mean, Jones has mentioned that pure strike one for the fourth. We haven't seen that before, and that was just a player who had no doubt in his mind that he could... Um, because really, a goalkeeper's got 80%, maybe slightly more of that, that goal. It's too hard, so let's say 75. But let's, <laughs> let's, okay. I, thought, I, I thought Joe Howe was yeah, a bit... He was all right. He was unlucky in the game. Just a little segue before yeah. you go into this point. I'm going to give you my, my favourite moment of the game was, was Joe, Joe Hart. It's, it's a very soulless stadium, that... But it's, you're miles away in the press box. You're miles away from the far end goal. So Joe Hart pings a goal kick out to uh, Ayu, who who isn't looking. Ayu, he, he wasn't looking sort of at his boots. He was just sort of daydreaming. And the ball goes straight to Moreno, who goes to head it and just lets it run out of play. <laughs> Joe Hart spends honestly got about forty five seconds just going, Andre, Andre, <laughs> Andre. Andre! <laughs> I can literally. I don't need to say Andre. Like, yeah. Leaping, yeah. wake up. Yeah. Au, au, sort of just gives yeah. him, yeah. gives him a thing, and then the next thing. Well, some foul language involved. Yeah, you know what he should have said to him, don't you? Should have gone, Au. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. But it's just, <laughs> it, Au's response was, "Why I've said he didn't try a leg, Au. Yeah. He, he literally just sort of went, you know, shut up. Yeah. Like, don't, don't talk to me. And that, that was my favourite. It was Joe Hart just bellowing into the abyss at the stadium while the game was going on. Uh, well, anyway, Salah didn't have a doubt in the world that he was going to strike that ball hard enough and in the right place that he was going to put it past um, uh, Hart for the for the second, the first goal. Jones has mentioned the touch, the touch on the break to set the break away is is beautiful. I mean, it looks easy, but so many times when you have those types of breakaways, the wrong pass, you know, it's just it just doesn't it doesn't happen. But and went away they go. And uh, to be fair, it never looked like um, they were going to do anything but score. What I liked about his finish, as Jonesy said, we've seen him open out his body, but he's also someone who clearly knows that the hardest place for a goalkeeper to save it is right down by his feet. And, he, and, and he's not scared. He's not scared to put the ball there. There's, there's always a, especially when you're running in on goal like that with this keeper to beat, there's always a thought, well, I just need to put it as wide of him as possible. Or, but I, or go round him. Or go round him. And, and basically... Actually, for a goalkeeper, you're ready to spring one way or the other. You'll probably be gambling slightly on one side because uh, you're probably giving him slightly more of one side, thinking, I want I want to tell him to put it there. That's the way goalkeepers were at their angles. And he, and he But he knows that that's what a keeper wants. Actually, the bit he doesn't want is you putting it either through his legs or right down in, by, his, by his feet. And it's a, it's a really hard... Um, place for a keeper to save it and um, it's good that he's varying up but we've seen I mean the first goal was probably similar to the Arsenal breakaway goal was it against Arsenal at yeah, Anfield yeah. with the, the, the road runner one where he was just zipping away and um, but we've seen we've, we've seen a header we probably won't see many of them um, we've seen just the one against uh, Maribor that little thing in the week you know all different types of goals and um you know, I had a look today, a piece on the website about, you know, can he keep this up? You know, 12 and 17. If he plays 34 games, which is the minimum number of games he's played in the last five, six seasons, is 34. And that was the season he was at Chelsea and wasn't getting a game. It wasn't down to, oh, I'm injured or whatever. You know, on, the, on this rate, and there's no, okay, maybe he doesn't keep the rate up, but that puts him on 25 goals. With you know, you're sat here talking about Liverpool need a twenty goal a season striker. Well, they're getting they could end up with a twenty five to thirty uh, goals wide forward stroke. Okay, 
Sadi was secondary striker, and he played he played a lot of secondary striker in Rome. If you look, Klopp said that he said he yeah. played up with Jacko last season, essentially, and, and, and the pair of them cleaned up, didn't they? Absolutely. But what I do want to say is Salah's been brilliant for Liverpool, but I think Liverpool's been really good for Salah. Um, I think Klopp's really um, a manager who sort of trusts those players to go and express themselves. Puts a bit of tactical discipline to him, I think, as well. Um, but nowhere else Salah's been has his return been at this level so far in terms of goals per game. Um, his assist level's a little bit down. I think whether that's down to you know potentially finishing themselves or, or whatever. He doesn't have a strike, really, to pass to uh, Well, that's when you get into the, the debate about you know Firmino and, and you know for all his good play... The thing about Salah as well, people go on about, oh, you know, his touch sometimes lets him down, or he, he, he did waste, or he didn't take advantage of a, a good situation. I, I think it was, he sort of was one on one with the defender and he, he took a heavy touch. I think Reed it was who got back and just sort of saw it away. But that's because he's he's doing everything at high pace, isn't it? And he's sort of, that, that's the hardest thing in, in football is to control the ball and move very quickly with it. But he does it. You know he still has these moments where he loses the ball, but his return is still incredible. So there's no, there's no. I thought Mane as well for the goal. Mane, you know, perfect. Mane is a speed merchant who can play football as well, isn't he? And that, that's a perfect judging of when to play a pass and, and weight of pass because that's easy to get overexcited and go right. I'll give him an early or I'll give him. A, I'll wait and I'll, I'll, I'll commit the defender or whatever. He just, he just picked perfectly, and I, I like the fact that they're both lightning, lightning fast. But they've both got the ability to get their head up as well. And Manny was one of several surprises from from Jurgen Klopp in the team selection. I mean, Andy mentioned then about Salah playing off the off the front striker because it was four four two basically, wasn't it, or four four one one with Salah playing off Firmino. Now I remember when Liverpool, okay, slightly different context, but Liverpool played at Stoke last game of the season twenty fifteen. It was Lallana and Coutinho up front, and everybody was like, "What's going on here?" But nobody. Said that this time because obviously players in different form, you know, and better yeah. players as well. But it was, you know, Klopp was speaking afterwards. And I think not sure whether it was you, Andy, who wrote it or, or, or Neil talking about Jurgen Klopp shown kind of a tactical, you know, flexibility. It was Andy, it was yourself, and yeah. So he's, it paid off, you know, because there's a lot of criticism that's been, you know, aimed at him. Certainly, in when things haven't been going so well for Liverpool, is that he's not been tactically flexible. He only plays one certain way. I mean. You'd like to think that this season that's been addressed, but certainly uh, on Saturday was. I mean, he he has, I think, clung on to four three three like a crutch. Um, it's what he's familiar with. It's what he trusts. It's what he believes in. And I think we can expect four three three to be his his standard um, approach to a game um, during his tenure at Anfield. What what, what I think, uh, and I think what a lot of people have thought perhaps is that sometimes he. He forces things into four three three when sometimes there's better options available in terms of the personnel. And you should always. Uh, it's interesting. Stephen Gerrard talks about this quite a bit in terms of how he sets up his his eight teams at the moment. It's a world away, of course, eight teams and first team. But in terms of at the minute, uh, Jonesy and I had a word with him after the Maribor game, and he was saying he's playing three four three at the moment because he hasn't got a right back and he doesn't really have a left back. So he's 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 creating a system to suit the personnel. I think sometimes um, there's personnel there that when a 4 3 especially when injuries kick in, isn't ideal. And also sometimes in certain games where I think Liverpool, um, when we are a bit worried, if we're at a low ebb in terms of the, the confidence of the defence, sometimes you just need to be a bit more solid. We saw them go a bit more solid towards the end of last season. And we saw some... Changes that was 1-4-1-4-1, wasn't it? That's when Lucas was playing as the yeah. midfielder. Um, so we saw a bit of that. We saw a bit, of, a bit of the West diamond yeah. at West Ham and against Middlesbrough at the end of the season. Um, and we I mentioned going back right to the, the Southampton League Cup game down there where we, were, where we were had to check whether it was that was a diamond with two up front. It was actually 4-3-2-1, the old Christmas tree. Yeah. And the So he hasn't done it very often, but when he's done it, it's tended to work okay. And I think um, there's no reason why you shouldn't look sometimes. If our weakness is seen as being the centre of our defence, well, let's put maybe, instead of having one holding midfielder in front of them, let's potentially yeah. have two. And I know 
that cops always got a desire to they talk about getting six on the attack. But you can still manage that if you're committing your full-backs forwards, as we tend to, uh, and still have sort of you know your two centre-backs and a couple of holding midfielders there. Now, um, I'm sure you know, Jurgen Klopp is, is rather closer to the footballing genius mark than I am. But, so I'm sure it's not something he hasn't thought about in lots, lots of games. Um, so, all, all I, my view is that potentially, yes, stick with 4-3-3 as your normal, but if we are wanting to be more solid in some games, let, let's look and give it a little tweak. And, um, you know, as I say in the piece, look, formations don't win games, players do. And um, it'll ultimately come down to the players on the pitch. But, you can help them along, and sometimes I just think um, we can do it a little differently. If you look at the options now, you could have played. So he's played Firmino with Salah as the sort of central strikers on 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 Saturday. You could easily play Mane with imagine Mane Salah two centre forwards. I mean, if you're a centre half, you're just going. That's unfair. I mean, I would be. Okay. <laughs> but that can only work in certain games. Yeah. It can only work. Okay, sometimes. There's no point doing that when you're playing Huddersfield, though. You wouldn't do it then. There's not going to be a lot of space for them to exploit behind. So, in those occasions, you'd want their speed out wide to try and get in behind. So, that, 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 that's an obvious thing to say, but that's the case. But there, there will be other games. I could imagine going to, for instance, I could imagine going to Man City and playing um, Mane and Salah through the middle as central strikers and, and, and I think they could cause problems I know we've already been to Man City and it didn't go so well this season but they did cause problems in that game early on so yeah I, I just think let's you know let's let's see a few more options now, clearly West Ham hadn't been watching the tapes because obviously as Andy said that goal was very much like the one that Liverpool scored against Arsenal yes. back in August yes. however the second Liverpool goal was from a corner and Joel Matip scored. scored. He scored, obviously, because he didn't head it. As we know that when he gets into the opposition penalty area, his head turns into a 50-pence piece and it just goes anywhere. Um, but, you know, goal from a corner. You know, I think Klopp, said, after, Klopp said afterwards, it's like Christmas, or was that yeah. the, the previous that was game? That the previous week. He said, yeah. he said uh, I have, I've had it for the first time in, in, my, in my time. I think two goals from a set-piece in a week. I don't, I don't know if he's, he's right. Mm-hmm. I haven't... I think we, I think we can't count the one from their corner. We don't. Well, yeah, add I, to I, our stats. I, did, I did write that in my in my uh, analysis <laughs> piece from the game. That that's a new but trick. They're, they're, to become, add to yeah, they're becoming more dangerous at set pieces. But yeah, um, definitely, definitely. I mean, it helps when you know <laughs> West Ham's captain lets it ball just strike him. It wasn't a, wasn't what you call a classic corner well, delivery, was it? Wasn't it? But yeah. I think I think it was deliberate. I think he you think, was. Oh, you actually think he meant to do that? I think he meant to play it low. Yeah, I think he wanted to get someone running across. It was was it Mane who yeah. ran across and tried to get his foot on it. Um, I think there might be an, a, a sort of tacit admission there from Liverpool that they, they maybe aren't great at hanging it up and going and attacking it. So why not try something a bit more so you know creative? But um, and, and then the like, third nice goal, the, cheap goals, the third it? goal, as we were talking about, it was another breakaway, and it was kind of a little bit of a scruffy goal. Oxide Chamberlain has the shot saved, comes back out, and you were only mentioning only last week, Andy, that Liverpool needed to score more. Scruffy goals and there's two. Yeah, I was yeah very happy with that. I thought actually, um, Hart did well to save the the noble slice yeah, or whatever yeah, it was initially, and, he, and and also it looks a simple finish, but Matip was smart enough to open out his yeah. body um, because easily he could whack that straight into the keeper line on the ground. So he's uh, yeah that showed. I mean he is he does have those skills on the ground, Matip. So you expect him to, but he should be on five for the season. Would you say he's had? You know he has so many opportunities. I mean, he should have scored twice against was it Huddersfield? Yeah, um, and he he needs to score more because we need to have goals coming from all those departments. And um, you know we've seen from our defenders, we're not seeing a lot. We've seen a couple from Trent Alexander Arnold um, this season, but don't think we've had a goal from Gomez, have we? I'm just thinking no, back now. And um, Lovren hasn't scored this season either. Exactly, and Clamant yeah. doesn't score. Lovren no. yep. is somebody you would, you know, when he is in the team, you would expect him to to, to score and uh, you know a couple of headers, and it may be that maybe a bit more time on the training field to work out some different short corners or whatever if they don't think they've got the aerial prowess to to win from set pieces. I mean, I know there are stats out there, and no, no, no doubt some of the stats lads 
will have compiled them that you do score far less from corners than than generally as supporters yeah, we yeah. we have a belief that actually happens. Maybe I that think comes it's one. I think the average last last I read a couple of books on it and the average in one of them was I think it's one in thirty. Yeah, so it's, and that's across the league. You know, that's not just a team. So that's now you'll have managers who spend an inordinate amount of time on set pieces who will be able to up that average. Um, you suspect Klopp isn't one of them. I'm, I'm Mr. Pulis. If you're listening, yeah. You must doff his cap to But we we also know that sometimes in a game it can be the difference. Set you know a set piece, a corner, or whatever. Some of the most famous goals in Liverpool's history: Tommy Smith mm-hmm. scoring in Rome, Bullet Heather, wasn't it? Sammy Hippier scoring against um, Juventus, Arsenal in a, in a Champions League game as well. Goals from I mean, Dortmund doesn't happen unless we're scoring. Yeah, you know, two goals well, from two, centre. Two goals yeah. from centre. And a third one. Uh, sorry, yeah, they, that was a free kick, wasn't it? Lovren's one, but Sacco scored from a, from a corner. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, don't don't treat them as as. Sometimes you just get this impression: oh, Liverpool don't want to score ugly goals. Well, I'm, I, I was really pleased with Oxley Chamberlain's desire. You know, maybe he should score the first opportunity he has. Tries to drill it low across the keeper, um, but he's straight in there. And uh, you know, if if Liverpool can turn him into a player who scores the number of goals he should score, because I think we all saw him at Arsenal, no one could quite believe because we've all seen him in a lot of great positions. When you look at how few goals he's actually scored in his career, and if we can start getting goals out of him, you know, yeah. fair play. Oxide Chamberlain scored that third goal. I mean, we've had a difference of opinion here over whether or not he should have been bought, but now he's at Liverpool. We just have to deal with that. I mean, what... Have got a song we, now, hasn't he? Yeah, he has now got a song, yeah. yes. Um, Selfish. What have we made of him in the last couple of games? Because, I mean, I was at the, the Maribor game in midweek and I thought he played quite well, to be honest. And he, he was a bit unlucky not to be involved a bit bit more. I think Klopp said that Liverpool, his teammates, should have looked to him a bit more often, certainly in that yeah. first half when Liverpool were looking to were struggling to, to break Maribor down. But, you know, Neil, you... Uh, Shall we say you were perhaps the one who needs to be convinced most about Oxlade Chamberlain? Yeah. And you know what you gave oh, yeah. him a decent rating. I mean, you gave him a decent rating in the last home game against Huddersfield when he came off the bench. So yeah. it seems as though he's kind of come to terms with what's needed. And interestingly, he played. Um, well, that's sorry, I've got that wrong. I was going to say he played centre mid, but he didn't. Did he? No, he, he played didn't. on the right. No, he played on the right. Um, I thought. I thought first half he was a little bit quiet. He he, he isn't. I don't think he's a player who likes. Short, you know, tight spaces, short combinations like a Coutinho or a Lallana or someone like that, where you can sort of give him it anywhere on the pitch. I don't think he's that type of player because I think he he isn't always awake in the game, in my opinion. In terms of, I think he's one of them that can go make go to make a running behind when the pass is coming to feet. You know, like that kind, and that, that's that's understandable with teammates. I think, and I, I did write at half time. I was a little bit surprised given where he's come from that he, he maybe. He likes he likes to have space, doesn't he? Rather than rather than short um, into feet one twos and that kind of thing. But I thought once the game sort of come back Liverpool's way in the second half, he had a big part to play in that, and he's done a lot of work off the ball. Did a lot of defensive work, which Klopp said made him, made a point of uh, mentioning the work that he did defensively. And once the space was there, he, he he did well. He used the ball well. I think he was. The guy who gave it to Mane for the fourth goal, he, he sort of won won the ball back. Him and Gomez between them won it, won it back, and he, he worked it into midfield. And I thought very encouraging, very encouraging signs. And we, we actually, I think we we did a podcast last week, myself and Andy, I think it was, saying he's basically Salah's replacement in the team. That was that was the role we saw, we we saw that he had, but he, he played in the same team as Salah on on, on the weekend, and I, I think it's uh, it bodes well that. He's uh, he's improving, as as we hoped he would. I mean, is this a time where he's going to become more important? Because you know Salah's getting a we'll come to this in a bit, but Salah's getting a week rest because he's not playing for twelve games. games. Liverpool have got before the end of the year, so they're all yeah. going to be playing. Because I mean, when I saw the team, I was a bit surprised that Daniel Sturridge wasn't starting, for example. I was very you surprised. Can't, you can't argue with it because they won four one, but he's probably a bit miffed. But you know, these players are now going to get their opportunity because the likes of Firmino. You know, managers coming back from injury, Coutinho's injured, Alana's going to be eased back in. They're all going to get games, aren't they? Absolutely, and and this is why you have a squad. I mean, it's the most obvious thing to say, but um, if if you don't have, you know, Voxley Chamberlain isn't there to be play on 
on Saturday, I think Liverpool probably would have played Sturridge and had a bit, bit of a rejig. But um, he's there and, he, and he's available and, and he's he's got that raw pace and ability where he's going to give some teams problems. Where I think the games that are difficult for him, a bit like more like Huddersfield, where player teams have dropped off and he hasn't got much space to operate in. Then um, this might be why he never quite seemed to convince Arsene Wenger, uh, who obviously is quite a technical, tight spaces type of type of manager. And you know he he he's 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 a more sort of Almost like physical player, Oxley Chamberlain, yeah. in terms of you know using his raw athleticism as a big, bigger pitch. You, you yeah, say that one. He's right, bigger and, pitch. And when he's fully fit, you know he's he's a proper he's a proper unit, isn't he? You know he's he's strong, fast, young. You know if you want to put it in there, English. Two feet. You know he can play with both feet, and if he can add goals, and Klopp was talking after um, about him needing to learn. Liverpool intensity, and by that he meant that you know when we lose the ball, he's got to go at you know you've got to as a team go after it and go and get it back. Whereas at Arsenal, he suspects that the vibe was you take a minute and you drop off and and yeah. and thing, and those are the types of things that he needs to convince Klopp about to get more starts about learning that sort of intensity. But I think it's coming. I wasn't, and I still stand here as someone who's not convinced it, he was the player we really really needed. But it, if I'd still rather have him as not, and it's not up to him to to sort of worry about the fact they paid thirty five million for him. Just go and, and do your best when called upon, and I, I think he'll he'll have an impact. One late change for Liverpool in the team sheet was no Jordan Henderson. He uh, sort of think it was a thigh injury, was it? Thigh injury, thigh injury uh, which meant Genie Van Alden had to play in somebody else's boots, <laughs> yes. uh, wherever they got them from. But. There have been some supports, you know as well as I do, that Henderson is quite a divisive fixture, uh, person, figure is the word I was looking for, thank you, Uh, figure. Amongst Liverpool fans, a lot of them were saying, oh, we've won 4-1 without Henderson, but it doesn't really work like that, does it? No, no, but they've won, I've seen them win good away games with with Jordan Henderson in the team. Because they won 7-0 at Maribor and he wasn't playing then either. Yeah, true. but I've seen him last season win at Chelsea away, the champions, with, with Jordan Henderson playing a key role. He would have played. Klopp said he, he trained with the new system with him playing as one of the sixes. I, mean, I presume him and Chan as, as, as the double six, as, as he described it. Um, and who's to say that Liverpool wouldn't have won 10 1? <laughs> no, I thought Wayne Alden was. He, he, he's very. He looked he's like somebody was a Yeah, he looked like somebody was a player of the race when he did Liverpool ratings because totally everything he does is sort of it's a, he's a, it's, it's stealth, isn't yeah, it? He's, a, he's, he's a touch player. He's yeah, a touch yeah. player. He gets it and then just then moves yeah, it on, he, and then he, he, he doesn't he, really again, come in for big I, tackles. He's or, the one. When was the last time you saw Wayne Alden play a thirty-yard pass? No, not, he does play the odd cross field one, doesn't he? When he's got a little bit of time in the ball, and he'll he'll, he'll move it out. Generally, it's very rare. Yeah, it's absolutely. Very rare. He he's a shifter on her. He's. I prefer touch playing myself. <laughs> but, but he is like he gets it and shifts it, doesn't he? And, yeah. and he as opposed to a Maradona. And at yeah. his very best, he's sort of quite metronomic about that. He yeah. sort of gets it and to the point where. It causes problems for opposition because he, he there's a what, pace what and tempo. He's game. very good, isn't he? With with someone at his back in in the midfield, you know, you don't. I don't think you ever fear that someone's going to just move him out the way and, mm. and nick the ball and move him forward. He's very good at protecting the ball and sort of yeah. shifting and, and 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 sort of buying a free kick or or, or getting the ball out of a, a bit of a bit of a tight space. And yeah, Klopp said, Klopp said he travelled down. To be close to the doctor. His best mate. Roommates or whatever. But, uh, he, Kiss his ankle was going to be something funky. <laughs> I don't know exactly. Just massage. Travel, travel. I mean, I can't see that. He obviously must have spent some time on a. Whether they flew or, or train. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the best way of spending <laughs> ankle, yeah, yeah. ankle no. But um, I think it, obviously. He was he, he was fine to play. Maybe he was pressed into needing to play because because Jordan couldn't. I think maybe that was the thing of Genie. Look, have a go for us and and see how you go. Um, he played well. He played played okay. He played fine. Not not out, outstanding. I didn't think him or Chan were outstanding. I thought they were, they were good enough. That's the way I describe it. But yeah, I'd love to know whose boots he played in. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, this isn't to question his attitude or anything like that because I think he's got a good one, but. It's amazing how quickly your body heals when there's a potential threat to your position in the team. Um, Oxley and Chamberlain's there. Okay, he's not 
essentially set to play in Wijnaldum's perfect position, maybe, uh, right now. But because Cox preferring to use him out wide, he doesn't quite trust him in, the, in in midfield at the moment. But when when Klopp does trust Oxley Chamberlain, ultimately Oxley Chamberlain's got his sights set on either you know one of those three midfield positions if we're playing four three three. Henderson's the captain and will normally be sealing down one of those positions. You've got Lalana and Coutinho uh, potentially for another one. Chan, who knows what's happened with him, but. I would think he's looking at Ginny Wijnaldum, Oxlade-Chamberlain, thinking he's one of the ones I want to shift out of midfield. And so I think Ginny Wijnaldum, while sometimes you've got a knock and you simply can't play, no, no matter what you do, you can't, you can't play. Um, when, he, when it's a case of, I can just about play, I think the fact that you know, your position may be under threat is a fantastic incentive, and that's what all good teams have had down the years. You know, the, the you yeah, have, fear, yeah. you know, that you need to go out there, and that puts it in you to to perform as well. I mean, I I have to say I would have struggled again to rate Wijnaldum on on Saturday just from watching the game from here because sometimes you know we all we all know his his reputation is that he can have those games where he's he's anonymous and. I didn't think he was anonymous on Saturday, but I did think it would, it would have been a difficult game to say, you know, what he, what stood out in terms of what he was doing as a player on the pitch. Now, Liverpool under twenty threes were in action at the weekend, Andy. Uh, did you go? Or? I I did not go, if on a rare occasion, um, because um, basically I had lots of work to do in the office, <laughs> and uh, and it was over. They they moved the game from in Chester, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, they moved it from Prenton Park, which is. Uh, Five minutes across the river to Chester, which is um, well getting on for an hour. Um, so, um, but they won seven 0 against. Bristol they did. City. I watched it on the. Uh, the was that the, the Premier, Premier League Cup? No? It was the Premier League Cup. Cup that's right. So. And Danny Ings got four. Now, before the game, you were talking about, oh, this could be one of the games where Ings has he, he's been getting close to scoring a few goals. I wouldn't be surprised if he got five. So I, you, you were wrong. I was wrong. However, you were very close to being right. Now, there was a conversation that was had in the office earlier. I uh, can't remember whether you took part in it, but it was talking about Danny Ings and whether or not he should be now the person who's on the bench rather than, than Dominic yeah. Solanke. And he led the I think it was my, I think it was okay, my I, suggestion. I can't remember. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah. It was about three hours obviously, ago. Obviously, my, uh, my argument on it has, has slightly bypassed you, but, um, yeah, I mean, watching, <laughs> so doing work. watching, the, watching the game yesterday just on, on the stream, you know, he's... Um, and having been to the, you know, to most of the twenty-three games this this season, certainly the home ones, Ings, I, I can't tell you how good the lad's attitude is. I cannot tell you how good it is. I mean, he has been so unlucky in the last few games, um, particularly at Man United, the game against Manchester. United, he had two cleared off the line where he's literally got the whole goal to hit, and there's a defender there who's just got to gamble and throw his body. On both occasions, it was the same defender actually gambled and it and the ball hit him and. You know, Ings was—he's back in his own area, clearing headers. He's—he's—he's he's, he's working back if he loses the ball. His work rate's incredible, and it, but it just hasn't happened for him in terms of goals. I think he scored one in the first couple of games, and I think he's been at a drought since. But um, you know, I spoke to Neil Critchley about it after the Leicester game, which they lost, where he'd had an overhead kick and the keeper produced a worldie to keep him out, and against the United game where he'd been unlucky. And I said, God, come for him, hasn't he? And Critch was saying, you know, it absolutely will come for him. It will happen. And that's why, obviously, they were playing, you know, not top-level opposition yesterday in terms of Bristol City's uh, youth team. And I thought, this is the day when it will happen for Ings. And uh, that's why I fancied him for five. He got four. He almost had the fifth in the last couple of minutes. Uh, and, and good finishes. My, my favourite one was the fourth one, actually, where um, John Flanagan, who played right back, uh, has a, shot, a good shot from the edge keeper saves it and everyone else has stood around looking at it and Danny Ings is on it in a second heads, heads the rebound home Just is, all his striking instincts are still there and um, you know he, I'm not suggesting he's ready to go back into the, the first team starting you know, or you know, Liverpool have a lot of pace and ability in those areas and Danny Ings is a different type of a striker but if you looked at the bench at the moment, uh, I would suggest that he is a better option for the last 15 minutes if you really need a goal, maybe, than Dom Solanke. 
That's not Doran Placelank, who's done well. I think was bought to play 23 football this year and then progress. And is ahead of schedule. Obviously won the uh, best player at the Under-20s World Cup. So he's a lad with loads of ability. But they both played in the same team against yeah. Leicester. 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 And I thought Ings looked far more likely to get you a goal but, than Solanke. But isn't Ings competing with Sturridge for that role? Because Solanke's the, the sort of target man guy, isn't he? That they bring on for that sort of game where his cross is going in and there's sort of a bit more... Whereas Ings would be the one if there was space. I thought Ings would match up more with Sturridge than the Solanke. You'd have, you, wouldn't have, you wouldn't have Ings and Sturridge. Well, I see, I could see a situation where Sturridge starts a game and Ings is, you know, maybe just quite happy yeah. for him, but Ings is coming off the bench for the last 15 minutes to yeah. try and make the difference. And, um, Solanke nearly scored, didn't he, on, um, on Saturday? Solanke, good effort. Yeah. I think do you think Klopp? I think Klopp really, really likes Solanke. I think he's. I think uh, Solanke. Let me let me say, long term, I think Solanke's upside is bigger than than Danny Ings is because I think he could become, you know, almost anything he wants to become. He's he's big. He's quite quick, uh, and he's got an eye for goal and everything else. But I think right now, Danny Ings is a bit more proven than him. I mean, he's twenty five. Danny Ings, isn't he? And uh, I just feel maybe it's time we saw him on a first team bench again. Um, I don't think you can do much more than than what he's doing, and I'd say that whether he's. I'm glad that he scored those goals because I think a striker always needs those goals. But um, you know, I saw him after in the tunnel after the United game. He would got a either a head or a kick in the, right in the face, uh, and he was in the treatment room and came out and it like he had a bit of blood and everything else. But you know, just smiles. You know, had a word. Just just. Glad to be playing football. Just a brilliant attitude of footballer. You know, just considering what he's been through, I just think he, he somewhere in the back of my mind thinks he's gone. He's got to be a really lucky striker for about a year because he's had so much <laughs> bad luck that he's due a bit of good luck, isn't he? Final thing then. I mean, it's the international break as we know all together now. Yay! Um, but it's not going to be quite as big an issue as it has been in the past for Liverpool. Liverpool fans won't quite be all hiding behind their sofas, peering over the top, watching them in action, because there are quite a few Liverpool players who aren't playing, isn't that right? Yeah, well, there's 15, I counted this morning, 15 senior players due to to, uh, to go on international duty, and that's that's including Henderson, who, who obviously still has this thigh problem and may well withdraw from the England squad. He's not due to meet up with the England squad until Wednesday anyway, because he's agreed some time off with Southgate. Um, during the last international break when he played both games and at the time was the England player who played the most minutes at that point so there's 15 players going off both of them of the ones who remain Salah remains who pulled out of the Egypt squad asked to be not considered obviously he's already I think he's got a bit of currency in the uh, yes. <laughs> in, in Egypt I think he, he could probably have said can I can I bring a couple of my mates and they'll, they, they can play <laughs> instead of me I think they might have said yes to that, but um, so he's not going to play against Ghana, so he's back home. Mane will go on international duty, but if um, Senegal can beat or qualify in the first game that they play against South Africa on Friday, then yeah, Klopp seemed pretty confident that they would release him back to Liverpool to give him a full week with um, with the club's medical staff and, and training at Melwood. So that that could be a bonus. The rest. I think Melbourne's a ghost town until till Friday. From what what I've, what I've been speaking to people this morning, I think other than the, the probably Lalana, maybe Klein, who's um, who's obviously still doing his rehab. I think there'll be no one at Melbourne until Friday. They um, they've been given time off. Klopp's off to South Africa to uh, for a bit of R and R and to take part in a, a charity function for a, a local club over there, uh, a local community trust club called. Hout or Hoot Bay in uh, in Cape Town, so he, he's he's out there. He'll be back Thursday. The rest of them have been sent off with their their little iPad app, which will tell them what they should be eating, what they should be doing, how they should be recovering. Pizza should be devised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe it will, maybe it will, as long as it's um, as long as it's specific types of pizza. I'm, I'm Domino's sure. pizza, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah it has Mo- to be. Mona, Mona Nemer, the uh, the head of nutrition, she's she's got them all on. Obviously, 
we've, we've spoken about her in the past, or we've certainly done articles about her and, and the impact that she has with the uh, the juicing station at the uh, at Melbourne and Anfield, things like that. But they're they're all off anyway on their travels. I don't think I don't think many of them will be going too far. I imagine it'll be Dubai for most of them. Won't it? it'll be it'll not be too up. far. Dubai. Yeah, it's not too far. It's not. They're not going to Sydney, are they? Or or, uh, or you know Lima. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I think that'll be the, uh, the the standard the standard footballers' holiday, and I think we can look forward to some uh, Instagram stories over the next few days. Even the Brazilians aren't going too far, are they? Cause no, they're exactly. Playing, yeah, they're playing, playing both in Europe, aren't yeah. they? Gdansk is it? And it's uh, Wembley. And and yeah, and yeah. Poland the playing as well, aren't they? I think Brazil is it. I think. I, mean, I, I don't know whether I've just got that completely completely wrong. Andy's just looking um, at me as if to say, "I have no, no idea I, what's going you're on." Obviously, no, I, I can go as far as Brazil, England at Wembley. Yeah. Right, yeah. right sure in if you know where Brazil are playing. Because Andy has a vested interest in this international break, don't you? Uh, well, yes, Northern Ireland have a have a, a big. Czech Republic, is it? Uh, yeah, no, Switzerland, isn't it? Uh, Switzerland. Switzerland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. I don't, I don't know. Gdansk. <laughs> 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 I mean, Michael O'Neill has done an unbelievable job in Northern Ireland, and uh, yeah, I'll be uh, my brother and me young nephew will be in the in the crowd, and uh, uh, hopefully roaring on a famous victory. But will, um, will you be watching the game with the same passion and agitation that you watch a Liverpool game? And if so, should we clear the area around you for 200, <laughs> 300 miles? Well, I don't watch any game like I watch a Liverpool game. I don't think. And international football, I mean, yeah, look, I support Northern Ireland, but um, it's still international football. Come on, if you get to the World Cup, Andy, come on. Yeah, I mean, it'd be fabulous and, and, and all that. Um, and, you know, but the very best of luck to him. And uh, obviously the... Uh, We'll be speaking to John Aldridge later for his column. No doubt he'll be having a very keen eye on um, Public of Ireland. They're playing each other, aren't they? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, that'll be older against um, Big Jan. So, um, yeah, I can tell you, I saw Jan. He was at West Ham on, on Saturday. and uh, I think if he'd have had a cigar, he'd have had that in his mouth when I discussed them, them Mark Champions. <laughs> <laughs> his words were, we only have to score two because there's no way on this earth Republic of Ireland will ever score two. That, that was his. Uh, I'm sorry for outing you there, Jan, but he's very, very, very confident that Denmark will uh, see off, and I think he's had a little wager with with Aldo over a few few beers over over the outcome. And, uh, and we have we have a good few Irish listeners to this podcast, so <laughs> several of them taking extra gulps. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. we have a few uh, few Danish listeners as well. We yes. do, yes. Yeah, so, and if you are listening, so, so, Denmark, yeah. uh, yeah. hello. Yes. And send us anything that you want to send us. Yeah, tell, and if you know where Brazil are playing, that'll yeah. be friendly. Please do, please <laughs> by, do write By in. the time this podcast appears, there will be a story on the Liverpool <laughs> that I can confirm about where Coutinho and Firmino are playing. And on that international bombshell, we shall bid you farewell. Join us later this week where we will be discussing more about the international break and possibly about Emre Chan. Cheerio.